Hi there, um, I'm Savannah. I'm Bali. And this is the Interns Insider to Publishing, our new podcast, episode one. Yeah. We've got five of these coming, and um, we'll be going through all the different elements of publishing for you guys. So stay tuned. Great. Um, so we both actually work at a publishing company doing different things. Um, I am I project manage the self-publishing imprint, and... Yeah, and I work as a publishing assistant to the general publishing side, but also as a coordinator for the Literary Foundation. So we're from the inside and from different perspectives of the inside, and we hope this podcast is helpful. Absolutely. So today we're going to do a bit of the basics in publishing, just, you know, give you the facts, give you the stats, um, just so you understand where we're coming from and what you would be entering into from the beginning steps of actually submitting your manuscript. Absolutely. And I think what we wanted to start with was just to give you an overview um, about the industry itself and what we're talking about when we talk about publishing in South Africa. And one of the most useful reports is the Publishers Association of South Africa report. It's called the Annual Book Publishing Industry Survey. It comes out every year but with a lag of about two years so the latest one we have is from 2016 it came out in january of this year and it basically tells us that the industry is sitting at about 3.2 billion in this country Um, and that's based on 50 or so respondents which is imprints and distributors now when we talk about distributors um, that's important for south africa because our industry isn't just local publishing uh, or local books A lot of our books are also international titles that are distributed here, and that's why you see so many international titles in the bookstore. I mean, from an international point of view, um, your big publishing houses that publish both are often only doing two local titles a year, which is very small compared to the list of international titles they have. Yeah, and that's important information to have because when you think about all of the local authors that would be inundating those inboxes with submissions, um, if the company is international and global and based in South Africa, um, the chances of a local title um, or your particular local title making it onto the list that year or the year after and so on are a lot less than for a publisher that is only doing local books. And that, that's their bread and butter. Yeah, great. So should we give a little bit of a breakdown of... Yeah, and I mean, here's another thing to understand about the publishing industry. Everyone thinks that the publishing industry is just the books they read or the books that they come across, right? So most people are interested in trade books, which is all the stuff you'll find in exclusive books or bargain books or any of the other bookstores. But the sector itself is um, several categories. You've got your academic publishing, your trade, which I've just mentioned, your educational, which is now just like schools, grade 1 to 12, your TVET, which is obviously also um, higher education, your ABET, and um, you'd think that the trade publishing is like the largest you know, proportion of that, but it's actually not. The greatest proportion is sitting in educational, TVET, ABET, and, and academic. So most of our publishing in this country is based on schooling. Um, So I think it's interesting to note that because I think there's a lot of pressure put on trade publishers to sort of carry publishing and it's just simply the numbers don't add up. And it's also interesting within trade, obviously, you have different genres and um, 
the fiction industry in this country, where we're getting a lot of submissions from, I often where people want to write fiction, does so badly in South Africa. Your trade is mostly made up. Well, your trade sales is mostly made up of nonfiction, um, which is sad because we do have a lot of stories to tell. There's just no one buying South African fiction, and that's something I think publishers do want to change. But it's a very difficult, difficult industry and difficult trade. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, when they look at the industry, it just feels like there's so many books. You know, it just feels like everybody's getting yeah, published. But if you were to actually break it down and look at the lists of all the different publishers, even if you look at the most popular publishers, and then look at the proportion of local versus non-local books, and then even you know go more into it and look at which of those books are fiction, you know, it's actually uh, quite clear that, um, you know, what is selling and, and what the publishers see as um, paying the lights and the bills and all of that is nonfiction locally. Um, some publishers, there's lots of initiatives around getting that changed, you know, through awards and through um, residencies and sort of development and mentorship because we need fiction. Um, but I think it's important for us to know, you know, what what the current um, reality is. Completely, and I think we're going to get to that. Um, we're going to do a bit of do's and don'ts when you're submitting your manuscript, but that is why it is so important for you as a writer to understand the, the industry, but also um, do research on the different publishers and what they are publishing, because you could be submitting your manuscript just into a pool of of other manuscripts and you won't even be seen because it's not the right genre. So I think um, just looking at the, the stats in South Africa and what sells and what doesn't, it's also just important to look at individual publishers and what, what their lists are made of because every publisher has their preference and they create lists. So... Yeah, and I think that's also important to understand. Understand the different publishers and what it is that they want, you know. Um, it's not just a thing where we're just, you know, sending out our work and hoping for the best. Um, and I think what's also important to understand is how much of South Africa is reading and what are they reading. I think there's all sorts of studies around that, and one of them is the South African Book Development Council, whose, whose latest survey is also from 2016, but... What's good about their survey is they look at, you know, who's reading anything, you know, who's who's reading at all and what are they reading, because it's important. I think all kinds of reading support the, the types of reading that um, publishing is about. So as long as we promote that people read something, whether it's a newspaper, you know, whether, you know, at, at some stage it's the type of person that you can pitch reading a book to. Um, and we know all the different benefits of reading and why reading is important. And I think that's where, again, pe people get a bit confused about publishing because, you know, the, the companies within publishing, they, they can seem almost indistinguishable to the NGOs, right? Because the NGOs are sort of your literacy development, your, you know, your development of capacity around reading and publishing, and um, they work on funding. So there's some overlaps in those worlds, but in terms of um, companies that are publishers, they are not non-profits. You know, they are for-profit. And so you get a lot of people saying, oh, but how, how come they don't publish this? And how come they don't publish that? That's not, you know, in keeping with the spirit of what they are created for. But I think the, 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 the thing about companies is they, they have to think about market appeal because the bottom line is what keeps them in business. 
so I think somewhere along the line as authors and as people that are approaching the publishing industry, it's important to understand the difference. Who are you approaching? If you're approaching an NGO and they have some obligation to publish you um, because they're in development, I mean, that's a different thing. But when you're actually approaching a company, I think there's a, there's a certain uh, set of uh, understandings that are important to have so that uh, nobody's wasting their time. Yeah, I guess um, also in a traditional publishing sense, your publisher is taking on all the cost risks and they want to know that your book can do well in the market. So as much as publishers are trying to make a difference in readership and they always, I mean, most publishers will have an initiative to take on work they think is important that, but might not um, economically do well. But yeah, like Mbadi says, your company, the publishing company is a company in the end of the day. And I think it's important to say that, Savannah, because at the end of the day, the author is thinking about what's in it for them, right? Which is natural. And so I think it's important to understand that um, you will have a portion of that pricing of the book that's coming back to you as the author, which is called the royalty, right? But the royalty is but a, per a percentage of the overall, right? Mm. So all of these people have a piece of the pie that are part of the production process, the distribution process. All of those people need to have um, some form of payment. So even the bookstores. Are. Yeah, even the bookstores. So let's illustrate, right? If we start with a book that is 100 rand. Now, don't hold me to my maths, but let's just, <laughs> let's just do this now in my head. Now, if the book is 100 rand, first... Or let's say 114 rand. Let's and you don't get a book for 114 rand. Yeah, you don't even anyway, get that anymore because of all the inflation yes. and all of that. And that is 15% now. So let's say 115 rand. If 15 rand of that um, goes to the government because that's your tax, right? So we haven't even started yet, but, you know, some money is gone. And then you've got to sell it through a bookstore, let's say. So the bookstore wants 40% uh, of that, right? Because the book is sitting on their shelf. And that's where, you know, most people... Most people will see it. So 40 Rand is gone, and now we're left with 60 Rand. And you're thinking, flip, we haven't even gotten anywhere here. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So then the publisher says, okay, I've had to pay the editor. I've had to pay the, the what, what are the different Mar stages? The marketing team. So you'd have to first, I guess, pay an editor. Mm. Then that edit would go through um, to the production team where they'll lay it out. They will design a cover for you. Um, will yeah, I mean, that's not our expertise, but basically they're going to put the whole book to look readable. And yeah, the entire production yes, process. completely. Then it's going back to the editors um, for a proofread. Yeah. And it will often be another editor yeah. um, who hasn't seen the, the manuscript yet, and they'll do a proofread. Um, in between this, you're getting feedback, and you're giving your feedback, so that's more time in between the stages. Um, then your book goes to a printer yeah. um, with printers and then it goes to the marketing team and the distributors and the, it's a yeah yeah so that entire process will will take another chunk of that money we were at 60 rand now we left let's say 40 rand again now we left at 20 rand right now so so far for the publishing company that's all cost they haven't actually made a profit yet so let's say they're willing to take uh, 10%, which is unlikely because they have to keep the lights on, you know. So they have to pay people like us. Yeah, they have to pay people like us. So maybe they're looking for more of a 25% profit and now you see how the numbers would shift and, you know, they'd work out cost and make sure things are cheaper so they can achieve that. But the remainder of that is your royalty. 
And what's interesting from the PASA survey on the industry is that they found that in trade publishing, which, which is what we're in, the minimum percentage of the royalty is 5%. And now you want to scream and throw your manuscript out of the window. Why would I write for years and years to get 5% exvat um, of uh, my book price? But um, this is why we're here. You know, we're here to tell you this. Um, and the maximum percentage that they had, and these are all averages, of course, was 16%. So that's quite a, a wide margin. Um, but you'll also find that the popular authors, the bigger authors, the authors with a bit more of a name and some clout, they'll be able to push that up probably to close to 20%. Um, and 20% for a lifetime of work is still not a lot, um, which, I mean, maybe I'm tooting my own horn here in the self-publishing part of um, publishing, but it's interesting that self-publishing has had such a bad name as, let's say, a vanity way of publishing, because although a self-published author will take on all the costs, the work is theirs, they're getting 100% of the, the profits made, taking into account whether they're going to get a distributor and stuff, which obviously they would take a bit, but... It's just interesting to look at the different other ways we can we can publish these days and and how that's coming along yeah. in South Africa and still kind of seen as as um, not not a great way to go, which I find very interesting. Yeah, and I think publishers also get a, a bad rep for saying, "Oh, but you know, how are you going to market your book, or how are you going to push your book?" Because everyone says. Oh, but you should have a marketing department. You know, you guys should be doing all of this. And I will say, I used to be those people. Um, I also used to think, oh, guys, you know, just you do it. You do this. And I, I actually started thinking, if it is from the perspective of a company, right, they can actually at some point, uh, they can discriminate based not on how popular someone is, which people, I think, is the misconception. So you get platform books where the person is, of course, an influencer, popular, and all of that. But remember, you have a network. You have a circle of influence. And that's really what they're asking you. What is your circle of influence within the genre that you've chosen? So if you've written a birding book, are you part of Birding South Africa? Do you have a network of friends and, and colleagues and people that are into birding who would want to read your book? You know, so I think it's more about what have you done in terms of research, in terms of which people would want it, and do you know who they are? You know, and that's something you're offering up to the publisher as a start. Yeah. They know where to start. And you make to look such, for your people. You make such an important point because I think a lot of authors think once they've handed over the manuscript, they've done the hard work. But if your manuscript gets taken by a publisher, that's when the hard work actually starts. And yeah. I think um, you have to be involved in every single process. And then the actual marketing of the book, like you say, is probably one of – it It really determines if a book's going to do well or not, um, being involved in your own book because you know your book the best – like yeah, say, you know, the market. I think that's a very important point. You know, your people, you know. And one of the, the most interesting things I've come across is um, a lot of people think very niche interests, very niche um, aspects that they're, that they're interested in and, and sort of are participating in in their lives are widely appealing or have a mass appeal, you know. And that's also... Um, showing a lack of research you know that also shows that you haven't actually looked at it because you know the, the the types of things that have mass appeal are sort of clear to all of us you know they come to us without us even looking for them but if people have to look for the subject matter of your book if certain people 
are interested in it for specific reasons, um, then it's a different ball game that we're talking about. Um, and traditional trade, well, trade publishers are their main, their their main outlets would be bookstores. Um, or their, their main point of distribution would be bookstores. So these niche topics often actually do better without traditional publishers because a, a publisher can't be an expert at every single niche topic. Yeah. So, yeah, like you say, in Bali, it's really important to do your research and know what, what your publisher can do for you and if it's actually the right way to go or if you could be better off publishing with a subject publisher or yourself yeah because also doing your research lets you know who to approach and that's exactly. important it actually cuts out so much noise and static because you're both speaking the same language about the same thing um and even then all this research also puts you at the right place because you also now know how to write the genre you say you write you know yes. so for instance out of my experience people who submit for children's books usually know what they're doing. Now, they might not always get published, but they know their books are for children and they write them appropriately for children. Um, most likely, they have some access to children's books through siblings, uh, their own children, they've looked in uh, bookstores, but they've done some level of understanding that this is not for adults, so I need to write this from a perspective that a child would enjoy, a child would be able to absorb so I find that people there are almost always on the mark. Now, they might be a bit wordy for a five-year-old. Maybe they write at an eight-year-old level. <laughs> but at least they knew it was for children, you know. And at least they tried to tailor their interests away from adult interests into children's interests. But I find with the other genres, um, people don't always do the same amount of research. So if you want to write a memoir or autobiography, um, do you read them? Do you understand the structure of them? Do you understand their appeal? Do you understand the style? You know, what have you done to understand what people get out of autobiographies and memoirs? And, and have you made sure that your book has that? Um, all the different genres, I mean, natural history or history. Have you, have you actually looked at the thing? Does yours read it like an academic paper? for instance, as, as opposed to something that everyday person would read. Is it historically correct? Is it factual? Is it accurate? And these things are important. And it really comes through in your submission. Uh, when you're dealing with, um, I mean, a, a normal local publisher will have about 600 submissions a year. And from those submissions, generally there are about two or three that actually be made, be, um, get, get put on the list. Um, so, and a publisher can see when you've done your research. I think it's really important to do that, that initial um, work because it's so obvious when when you can see an author hasn't done yeah. the reading and hasn't done the work before. Absolutely, and I think it carries through into everything. Now, your work doesn't have to be perfectly edited by the time it gets to a publisher, but it has to be readable, and the potential must be apparent. You know, so you'll come across something where you can see, okay, this is a bit wordy, there's far too many adjectives, but the actual pacing and the, you know, the structure is compelling and this person understands the genre that they're writing and um, will bring in uh, some structural edits and line edits, but that's not a huge job, you know, that we knew we were going to do some editing, so that's not a problem. But the issue is if you come through and maybe your idea is great, but your execution is poor. Yeah. meaning if we had to resurrect it and save that manuscript, then it's all a cost on us to fix it. Someone will actually have to sit and rewrite it for you. 
um, which is not a cost that publish publishers would want to take on. So when people say, or when publishers say, make sure someone else has read it, make sure someone else has given their comments, make sure that you, you've circulated it a little bit outside of your yeah. familiar circle. Mom. Yeah, <laughs> not your mom and your best friend, but someone else who can say, actually, you know what, this part actually doesn't make sense, it's not sequential, this is irrelevant, this actually isn't compelling, and helps you to tighten it up. Um, that's important, um, and it can save time on both ends. Um, so I think we want to do some do's and don'ts quickly yes. around when you do approach a publisher. Um, we've actually gone through some of them already yes. just by, you know, sticking to the research thing. But there are some anecdotes, I think, that we've both had in our work where it's just been funny how people... You know, yeah, and I mean that's I guess that's the initial reason we started this podcast because we we deal with submissions every day, and we yeah. have sometimes a little bit of a laugh about it, or there's something that comes across as working, and we thought we'd put it down because I think the publishing industry is so mysterious in a way, and yeah, so I think we should go through some do's and don'ts. Yeah, I mean one for me is um, so you've got your manuscript attached to the email. Um, but you've now got every other publisher in the, you know, two tab. So you're sending it across without any, you're not even trying to personalize the email and your submission to a particular publisher. Now that just comes across as a shot in the dark. You know, that's a shot in the absolute dark. And some publishers will be kind enough to open it still and click through and others will see that, well, you're not taking it seriously. So why should I? You know, and a, a lot of the times I've seen that happen with people not even having a body of an email. It's just a subject line, attachments, and that's it. You and know? what that shows us is that you don't actually know the different publishing companies and what their lists are. Mm. You haven't done your reading or you don't have a vision for your own book. And yeah. it, it kind of just shows you want to publish and you don't care about uh, who, does who, it. who does it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's something that publishers do not like. Yeah. And we I don't mind. That being said, we we do want you to submit to as many publishers as you can. Absolutely, yeah. But give it a bit of a personal... Yeah. Personal. I mean, if you figured out that your fiction book can work at three different publishers because you know they publish that type of fiction, and not all publishers publish the same type of fiction, hey? Some publishers are more genre and sort of your mid-range pulp type of fiction which is, has more mass appeal, right? And and that's completely legitimate. So see, see where your work fits within that spectrum. You know, if you're more of a literary fiction writer and your work is a little bit more dense and not as easy to um, sort of penetrate, then you look for a publisher that would appreciate that and actually give it the right kind of framing and packaging that it deserves. So you really want to do that work. Um and I mean, one other thing that uh, is important is to go to the website of the publisher. You know, I, I don't know how many times people insist on speaking over the phone purely because they don't want to read. Now, that's not a good sign for someone that wants to write things that yes. other pe people are supposed to read, you know. You're avoiding reading at every cost, but people must read, you know, the sentences that you've written. So it's important to go to the publisher's website, especially their manuscript submission page, because it's going to tell you what they will and will not publish. And that, um, unfortunate, unfortunately, will have an element of market appeal and what's sold in the past and what's selling now. And it won't all be based on historical information that the publisher 
you know, has experience. It'll be based on industry knowledge. It'll be based on up-to-the-minute sales according to reports like Nielsen's. So they'll have very tangible reasons as to why they can't take the risk of putting their money there. So it's definitely not a thumb suck. You know, it's the reading patterns and the buying patterns of the country or the city or whichever regional um, place they're operating in that actually inform this. So you want to read that page and know, you know, they're not going to do religious books, for instance, or they're not going to do short stories or poems, um, unsolicited, that is, or they're not going to do fantasy sci-fi or YA. You know, there's so many categories that, especially in South Africa, are only now starting to have any kind of uh, footprint so that may start to change slowly but things will change according to the reading that's happening and the buying that's happening yeah so look at it read it and they usually have facts as well faqs where it's just all the co- commonly asked questions and they've answered you them find your question you'll there. probably yeah. find your question in that yeah. list so save yourself the time and save the person the other person on the line's time as well and do all that reading it's but not even that long. I think no. the, the most submission pages are a, um, a page. Yeah, long. a page long or and half a page. And I think that's the minimum requirement of of actually the reading you need to do. I yeah. mean, at least read that submission page. But really, go go read, look at the websites of the the um, publishing companies you're submitting to. Yeah. Maybe look at a few books that they've published in the past and do a bit of research on how well those did because, um, well. The, published in the past in your genre that you're submitting to yeah. because that will really help you first of all see if they've done too many of those books before and will yeah. probably not need another one and that's the thing right um you get people that <laughs> come through and say this book is going to sell because there's no other book like it yes and then you think oh but the publisher that you've submitted to has several books about the exactly subject, yes you know? yeah so uh, you know there needs to be a balance like you know yeah. they have they, they have to go well with the publisher's list um, and the list I keep talking about is the list of titles of books that the publishers choose to publish so different publishers some publishers will just do natural history others will do political you know biographies or, yeah I mean those are very small examples but yeah that's where when I say the list that's what I mean go look at the different publishers and the lists they curate mm. each year so yeah it's it's it is. It's doing the submissions reading, but then going further, you really can see that. Um, yeah. yeah. And also have a clear idea of what a book is, you know, and that seems silly, but <laughs> it's really not. Like 10 pages is not a book, mm. you know, 20 pages is not a book. That Those are booklets, but you would not actually expect to find those on a bookshelf somewhere being sold, um, along with other books. So have a look at what other books, you know, what is the general size of the books um, in the genre that you're you're working in so fiction for instance the average novella is minimum 40,000 words you know and that doesn't seem like a lot but it is you know it's like basically a a master's dissertation you know think about it in those terms it's not as simple as sort of having a cathartic release, you know, which is great. And a lot of books you can tell are a therapeutic thing for the author. But because of that, they lose steam. And you've got 20, 30 pages, and it's not nearly, you know, what it takes to get a book um, out of the person. So, for instance, people will write a few paragraphs on a phone and just send it straight to a publisher and with no with absolutely no context. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's not saying that you I think it goes back know. to your initial point is it's a publishing company. It isn't an NGO yeah. where we 
can or they can publish just anything that comes along. Yeah. It's a very long process. It's a costly process, and they're going to want to find the things that are books, first of all. Yeah. And that there's a readership. And, yeah. So I, th- I think our, our main first point um, in the to-dos list is read. Yeah, writers read. must be readers. Writers must be readers. Yeah, <laughs> writers must be readers. Definitely. And not because, oh, there's something... Um, special and uh, you know hidden in books that writers can find there but really it just it it makes sure that you've got the information you know it it takes away from the hubris aspect which can be embarrassing you know the more you read the more you understand about the world around you what's possible what isn't what you can do about what's not possible and push the boundaries but first you've got to understand what the limitations currently are and reading gives you that so writers must be readers get your information Get your information, have it, and then work out of that framework if need be. And I think that is one of, it's our first to do, but it's our most important to do. Um, And it saves you time. If you haven't read a guideline and you want to phone them, it's wasting the person on the phone's time. And it's wasting your time because Mm -hmm. you could have sent it in already. Yeah. Um, Submissions takes a long time. It takes about at least three months for someone to even read that. Yeah, that's minimum. Uh, Maximum can be six months because, you know, remember, publishers aren't just reading manuscripts. They're actually publishing books that you see coming out every other week. They're doing that. Yes. So reading and and evaluating submissions is a, a part of their job, but it's certainly not the bulk of it. So they will go through a few manuscripts a week. Maybe if they if, if they get the time, 10 to 20, right? Out of that 10 to 20, they might find one good one or nothing at all. Yeah. Right? Keeping in mind there's 600, at least 600. Sitting at any, yeah, yeah, rolling at any rolling, time, yeah. uh, uh, annually, let's, let's say. So don't feel too bad if your book isn't considered or isn't published. I mean, no, it not... It doesn't mean it, it's yeah, bad. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't mean that it's bad or it's, 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 it's got, you know, really a lot of the time is oh, really... It does not fit the list a lot of the time, and they're not willing um, to make space for it because it doesn't even fit. Or other times it fits, but it's not actually strong enough that they would not disrupt their processes to include it. Um, and all of these aren't really a comment on what's what the content is. Um, it's pretty operational and structural, rather. Yeah. Um, I think it's also then important to note that um, the, the lists that are, are actually made into books aren't all coming from your submissions. Yeah, a lot of um, it is solicited work. Publishers spend a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to go find the people they want to publish. Mm -hmm. It's a big big job for publishers to um, find the people they want to publish. It's normally people who are well-known, people who have um, written before, and there's bidding wars. And it's, it's not just a matter of, finding the 10 titles you like from your submissions and publishing in that. That's just one route mm. where submissions come in. And it is for those people, I guess, who haven't published before. And yeah. Yeah. And you find of, gems there, you really do. Yeah. But it isn't the only source of yeah. finding manuscripts. And if you think about it, what would be more sustainable, looking for people or, or sitting and waiting and hoping that exactly. there's a J.K. Rowling in your slush pile? <laughs> exactly. You know, what are, what are the chances of that? Yes. You know, you've, to keep it all going, you've got to go out there, you've got to look for it, you've got to keep your ears on the ground and actually, you know, find the right people and convince them to write. Yeah. And then part of your time then is looking at what's already submitted and making an evaluation of what's, what's going to work here. Yeah, so it's not just the publishers, you know, thinking they're too good 
to yeah. do anything. They're doing their work. They're and doing their work. Yeah. Publishing companies are small, especially yeah. local ones. And yeah. There's not a lot of time for everything. And yeah. So that is why it does take so long. Yeah. It doesn't mean you shouldn't try. We, I mean, most publishers will tell you to submit as many times to as many places mm-hmm. that fit your book. Yeah. Um, as possible because we, we don't want to say don't don't submit yeah because then it might create the obligation that well you didn't want me to submit anywhere else well, yes. well, are you going to take it on you know exactly and it's, it's actually quite interesting for me because there's this tension in the relationship between potential authors and publishers in the sense that the author because they've put their blood sweat and tears into this thing has the idea that it's, it's very sensitive so that person has the idea that whatever comes back from the publisher's side is personal because it's almost like the publisher has looked inside them and rejected what's there, which isn't true at all. You know, they're not rejecting you as a person or your your abilities. You know, they're rejecting the product that you've created. Um, and that product either works or it doesn't for what they're trying to do. So try not to take it personally. Try not to sort of stake your entire life on whether this manuscript will be accepted by a specific place, a person. Um, Try and see yourself independently to what you produce um, and see that production or product as standalone and to be judged on its own terms. Yeah, completely. Um, I think another second point is the the idea of your manuscript and what we can do with it. Mm. I think a lot of the time people are submitting... um, an idea and telling us they don't want to submit their manuscript because that we want they want us to sign forms that say we won't publish it without their yeah. knowledge or their rights. Yeah. I think you can't submit something without us seeing your work. Yeah. And um, that raw material we actually can't do no. a lot with. We're not going to spend our time hiding no. it from you and publishing it without no. you knowing. And it. I think it's because people really they see the idea and the execution as the same. And it's not. Publishing is about the execution, not the idea. Ideas are free. Ideas are everywhere. Um, If we're in the business of ideas, we wouldn't have all these fixed costs and operational costs. All these fixed costs and operational costs exist because execution is what matters. So don't worry about a publisher, Steve. I've had several people, delete everything you've ever had from me. (laughs) And I don't know what they think we would ever do with it because the idea itself is useless. We need the execution and for the execution to come to the right level. That's what we traffic in. That's what we work in. And we will go through processes in our next um, in our next few episodes. Yeah. Um, but it is a big process. That raw, you may not even recognize the raw manuscript. When, when you, you see what it, it becomes. So much work yeah. goes into it. The publisher has a lot of input um, in the creative decisions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just an interesting thing for us to see because it actually takes months and a lot of money to, to, to take it from a rough diamond. Yeah. So it is, um, it, it is an interesting thing that we get quite often. Yeah. Just understand that you're basically signing a contract to give the publisher license to sell your work. You've not given away your work. You know, you've given them the license to sell it exclusively yes yeah and to manage the process of that selling yeah but we do hope are we i see the time yeah <laughs> we've got all this so much to talk about yeah. yeah but that's why we do have four more of these and maybe even another season we yeah. don't know um but this was just to give you not to scare you but just yeah. to give you an idea of of what you're starting with yeah um yeah i we have 
for like I say four more that will touch on different things yeah into all publishing and I yeah. think we'll keep touching back on some important points throughout so you understand it uh, more and more but I think this is a good start great hope you enjoy peace